gather this afternoon and we continue our reflections on I believe in love and this ref- period of reflections that we've been giving um, at different parishes and churches and throughout the uh, this, this um, deanery, this area has been an awesome opportunity to really communicate the bottom line message of the gospel which is to believe in love Christ came into the world to recover the nature of love. He came into the world to, to invite us to recover what was lost through sin. See, sin darkens our intellects and weakens our wills. One of the effects of original sin, darken the intellect. You might say, darken to what? And it's love. We have given love definitions that doesn't belong to love. And love isn't something, it's someone. And so God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to help us to recover what was lost to original sin. Because if you see love, then you can choose love. If you understand the nature of love, you can choose to cooperate with the nature of love. And if we look at the crucifix Jesus defines love there he defines love as he is who he is and our definition of love our understanding of love will always affect how we think how we act what we say what we don't say how we speak how we listen or don't listen how we shop how we eat what we watch, what we don't watch, what we listen to. All of these things are affected by our understanding of love. And in this particular talk that I'm giving, it's about don't worry. Do not worry. And I was thinking and pondering of the many ways in the amount of energy and time we spend worrying I mean, this is a topic that we could all relate to, I'm sure, in different ways and many levels. But if you think about it in our culture, in our world, and just watching the news, the television, um, just sitting silently in the pews here, how your mind will start to wander off to a worry or a concern. Um, a lot of times our distractions and prayer have a lot to do with our, our, our fears, our worries, our anxieties. We have a hard time resting in the present moment, totally investing in the present moment, because we're worried that the past is there and the future is there. So we worry about health, you know, contagious infections, the, the flu, especially during this time, the flu, uh, relationships, you know, people that are thinking of, of what is my vocation, am I called to marriage, am I called to be a priest, a religious, a sister, um, you know, what is my vocation? What am I called to do in life? Young people and people, young adults, thinking of their vocation. Um, where's he? Where's she? Where's this right? Where's Mr. Right? Mrs. Right? Where's the person that I'm supposed to spend my life with? Um, and that's a good thing to think about and ponder, but there's a difference between thinking about and discerning and worrying. And another thing, children. How many of us worry about our children? 
you know. And I'm not saying concern for your children or, or uh, reaching out to help your children and make sure they're on the straight and narrow. Yes, we have to do that. But there is a difference between um, doing our duty as parents and worrying to the point where it affects our parenting, where it affects our ability to, to be human. We lose our humanity when we worry. First impressions. You know, someone's coming to visit you or visit your house. You clean everything up, make sure everything's ready. They're there for five minutes, everything's messed up and nobody cares. You know, we worry about what people think of us when they first see us or um, experience us. Uh, you know, grades in school, as you know, uh, what does your boss think? What does your coach think? What does your teacher think? These are all things that people can be um, preoccupied with. Job interviews, approaching deadlines. Shrinking budgets, bills, expenses, rising gas prices, food prices, insurance costs, endless taxes, political correctness, identity theft, on and on and on. I can keep going on with a list of things that we can worry about. So we spend a lot of time, bottom line, investing energy in worries, concerns. So in spite of all this, or here, does worrying change tomorrow? Tomorrow's going to come, and tomorrow's going to go. And in Proverbs twelve twenty five, it says, "Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down." So, thinking of worrying and thinking of fear and anxiety weighing us down. I like to think of that scripture where Peter was walking on water and keeping his eyes on Jesus. As long as he kept his eyes on Christ and his faith was in Christ, he could stay afloat. As long as he uh, took his eyes off Christ and focused on his problems, he sank. So like that example from the scripture, you and I, through baptism, you and I are empowered to do supernatural things. I would say stepping beyond worry is, a, is the only way to do that is through the supernatural gift of faith that you received at baptism. To exercise your faith that you have been given at baptism is to walk across water. It's not humanly possible to stop worrying unless you access that supernatural virtue, that gift of faith. Peter was walking on water, humanly impossible, but it was because his focus was on Christ, who is his power, his strength, his confidence. So anxiety weighs a heart down. You might say, it causes us to sink. Because anxiety and worry and, and this unhealthy fear is faith in me and my abilities and faith in my problems. It's not faith in the solution. It's not faith in the Lord. So right off the bat, we should be thinking, how many times in our lives have we repented from putting more focus on ourselves than on the Lord? Or how many times have we repented and actually said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for believing more in myself than in you. 
I'm sorry, Lord, for believing more in my problems than in your power to solve my problems. So we're addicted to worrying. Our culture teaches us this. Everything you do and watch on TV, you're, you're taught to worry. And we feel obligated to worry. It's almost like, at least the sense I get in my life and as I look and experience life with others as a priest, what I notice is if we're not worrying, we almost feel guilty because everyone else is worrying and frantic. So we'll, we have to join the crowd. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, Peer pressure. They're worrying. They're worrying. So I'm supposed to be worrying. If I'm not worrying, I'm, I'm, I'm like an oddball. I'm kind of like out of the ordinary. The word holiness means to be different than, to be other than. Baptism gives you the grace of faith, access faith, believe in love, and walk on the waters of life, even in the midst of the wind and the waves and the storms that stir around us. We walk in faith. We live the supernatural life of grace. We don't live by just reason alone, but faith extends reason. So using that gift of faith allows us to overcome what is humanly impossible to overcome. So when everyone else is feeling obligated to worry and as if that's what we're supposed to do, we say no. That's not what we're supposed to do. This isn't how we were created. Jesus says, unless you turn and become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, this reflection on I believe in love, it's, it's the little flower, right? The little child Jesus, Therese of Lisieux, the, the child Jesus. So she's a child. Unless you turn and become like children, you can't enter the kingdom. What's it mean to enter the kingdom of God? To live in the kingdom, to walk in the kingdom, to be under that anointing of the Spirit as we walk through life, to stay afloat above the sea waters that are stormy. To be a child is to know who your father and mother are. And to not just know who they are, but to to know how they love you. Think of your children. They don't wear watches and be like, okay, three o'clock I got an appointment. Um, At four I have to pay the bills. At five I have to run to the store. Kids don't do that. They don't wear a watch. They don't think much about time at all. Why is that? Because you, if you're mom and dad, or for all of us, he, Jesus, or Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are taking care of that. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't enter into our duty, which is a part of a vocation as, as marriage or priestly. Du- There's a lot of priestly duties I do that I can say, oh, God will do that. I'm not going to worry about anointing that person. God will do that. That's, that's not good because that's a different type of approach. It, there's a difference between you know, doing our duties and worrying. We have to do our duties as as our vocation calls us to holiness. Because see, your vocation calls you to holiness. And if you stay focused on your call to holiness and your duties and your vocation, and you do that with faith, the supernatural grace will carry you through your vocation. And you'll do things and say things and give counsel to your children, um, witness to your children that is impossibly... It's impossible just on your own power. 
So let's not enter the worry party, the pity party. Let's not enter into that uh, mass of people. But we should stand out in the culture as a people that have a peace that the world cannot give. I came that you might have peace that the world cannot give. He says, I'm going to give you a different kind of peace. Why? Because our peace isn't anchored in this world, in this life. It's anchored in Him. So we have peace because He's unchanging. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, says the Lord. Jesus doesn't change with the stock market. Jesus doesn't change with my health. Jesus doesn't change with my relationships on earth. Jesus doesn't change whether I'm emotionally happy or not. Jesus is steadfast. Unless I'm anchored and aligned and focused all my confidence and faith here in the Eucharistic heart, then I'm going to move. My peace will move with whatever it is I'm making my God. If money's my God, my peace will move with my money flow. If my health is my God, my peace will move with my health. So, again, see the need for repentance, making something more important than Him, putting more faith in this than in Him. Repentance brings revival. Repentance brings renewal. Repentance brings healing. Repentance invites grace into my life to begin that supernatural walk and journey. So in Matthew 6, 25... 27 or to 34. I'm just going to read that because I think it's an important scripture for this. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Do you believe you're more valuable than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, Jesus says, can add a single moment to your span of life? Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So you see, the Lord's inviting us into the moment to live a surrendered life, a life where we're not in the driver's seat. I always like to use this image in prayer. You know, you come into prayer and you get out of the car Get a, go around getting the passenger seat and Jesus gets out and gets in the driver's seat. Because he's driving, I'm not. We got to remind ourselves, your life, he's driving. This is what Christianity is. It's Catholic. Surrender to Jesus' control over my life. So don't worry. Again, which of you by worrying can add a single moment to your span of life? Worrying actually takes life away from us. Not just spiritually speaking, but also physically speaking. Worrying is proven to create stresses that affect the body physiologically, psychologically, emotionally. It, it hurts us. So why do we do it? 
Again, it goes back to, do you believe in love? Do I believe in love? Not just, I love pizza kind of love, or I love football kind of love. Do you believe in the love that he came and introduced into this world so that we could rediscover the peace that only God can give us? The kind of love that never gives up on us. The kind of love that can sustain us when we think it's impossible to continue on. The kind of love that can give me peace even when I'm on my deathbed. To actually be excited to die. St. Paul couldn't wait to go. He goes, I don't know what to do. I want to pray, Lord, please take me. But I don't know whether to stay or to go because these people need me. So Lord, please, your will be done. Paul was excited to leave. Hollywood gives us this image of death as if it's horrible. As Christians, we don't see death as so much an end. We see it as a means to, a door to eternity. If I believe in love, if I trust in his mercy, you know, divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Isn't it interesting that Christ in this time and age and period through St. Faustina introduced the divine mercy with that image? You know, he made it very clear to her, I want this written at the bottom of this image. Jesus, I trust in you. Why? Because he knows we are a culture obsessed with ourselves. We trust more in ourselves than we do in Him. So we have to, again, repent. What's repent mean? To turn away from something and move towards something else. I turn away from me and I turn toward Him. I know this is it's much easier said than done, but I think it's important to kind of create a template to be able to look through and see your lives in the context of this teaching and to be able to say, all right, at this moment, I'm more focused on my abilities, my powers, my control than I am on the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. Have mercy on me. And then we turn to the Lord and we ask him to give us the strength that we need. So again, what's the worst thing that could happen to us? Death. If you're not afraid of death, nothing can take your peace away. If you believe he rose from the dead, that it wasn't just Good Friday, but Good Friday led to Easter Sunday. If you believe that, truly believe that, enter into that. And when you were baptized, you died when he died. You rose when he rose. And, and we believe in faith in this great Paschal mystery. And you and I are going to enter into and imitate what he went through. We're going to have our life on earth and our persecutions, whether it be from our own self and our own mind telling us, you can't trust, this isn't going to work, this is impossible. The kids are gone, they're going to hell. They're all off into the world. You know, everything's bad, um, we got to be careful. We acknowledge things, yes. Okay, the kids need a lot of prayer right now. Um, I need a lot of prayer. I don't know what to do in this job interview or this situation at home. All right, I have a health problem. I don't know what to do. Okay, well, what do you do? You bring it to the Lord. We bring it to Him. And then we start to communicate and converse with our Lord and trust that He's going to move and speak into our lives. You know, we have to accept the fact that maybe God's calling us home sometimes. 
heal me, heal me, heal me of my cancer. There's, that's good to pray for that, but it's also good to say, not my will, but your will be done. He knows what's best. But it's hard for us because all we see is the material world we live in. You don't see the myriads of angels in this church right now worshiping him with us. You don't see the angels that walk with you each day, your guardian angels. If you understood and if I understood and knew the amount of help we have every day, we wouldn't be able to merit grace anymore. God wants us to be able to merit grace. On our own, it's impossible to merit grace. But because of your baptism, when you come up into that moment and situation where you don't know what to do, when you put faith in Christ, you're beginning to allow Christ to live through you. It's no longer I who live, St. Paul says. It's Christ who lives in me. He who is in me is greater than he who's in the world. I have overcome the world. He says. So, because of your baptism, you and I can merit grace. If God lifted the veil and we didn't need our faith anymore, those in heaven can't merit grace anymore. Because they're in the beatific vision. They see God. But because we yet walk by faith, not by sight, we have the ability to unite those challenging moments, those moments where we're tempted to give in to worry and fear and to see that as a moment of participating in the passion. And if you'll let yourself be lifted up on the cross, you with him, in him, and through him will draw all men to himself. You'll be a part of bringing souls back to Jesus, to the Father, as Jesus lives through you, through the power of the Spirit. This is what God and all of heaven wants you to hear right now. This is what the angels and saints are excited about right now, that you have the ability to bring souls that are on the road to destruction back to the Lord by meriting graces in Him, with Him, and through Him. Your baptism gives you ability to merit grace by your cooperation with your will and your intellect, with His will his truth, his intellect. You trust the Lord working through you. And again, in our lives right now and here in this, in this time, um, it's challenging because we get caught up in just the natural world. We're too horizontal, too horizontal. We got to be vertical. Yes, we have to do our things out here, but don't do anything out here without being connected vertically to the Lord. And so our worrying has a lot to do with our concept and our image of love and who God is. Because the world's presenting a God that's, one, either he's not even there, or two, he's very distant, very remote. He's looking down 15 zillion miles away and he sees us and he's like, go away, I don't have time to, to deal with your silliness. I'm dividing subatomic particles over here. I have many more important things to do. This impersonal image of God where He's so important, He's so big, He's the majestic, amazing, universal King and glory. 
Bigger than all is big. And then we're like down here like ants moving around. And he's way over there. And he has important things to do. And he's not really interested in my little life. That's, that's an image of God that... No wonder people don't pray if that's their image of God. No wonder the church isn't alive if that's our image of God at times, right? So he's not an impersonal, cold, disinterested, removed, unapproachable doesn't listen anyhow, not important, I'm all alone, hey, it's like, hey Lord, are you here, and did you just hear what I said, did you hear that prayer, did, it, did you miss it, because you're listening to someone else, it's like, that's not God, that's what Satan wants us to believe about God, so Jesus has come into this world to introduce a knowledge of the Father that was lost in the fall, Satan spoke to Adam and Eve, and they ingested and digested this evil lie, which was passed on throughout the generations, which we call original sin, which you and I contracted like a disease when we were conceived. And baptism broke the curse and the bonds of death over us, introduced us, re introduced us into the life of grace. And now we walk by faith, not by sight. And it's not just about what you know, it's about experiencing this every day. If you just start to make these acts of faith, God will give you an experience of this peace that we've been talking about. So Jesus, I trust in you, is basically saying, I trust whom you told me the Father is. You know, today at Mass, right? The prodigal son, read that story all week. Read it all week and just soak it in all week long because it's really a powerful way where we come to know who the Father's, how the Father loves us with His heart. So the Holy Spirit wants to radiate this, I always like to say, Daddy knowledge, knowledge of Daddy, of Abba. The Holy Spirit wants to radiate this so that we can have this peace. In John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you peace. Let your hearts, do not let your hearts be troubled. So you have grace for right now. Right now you have grace for what you need. And he'll supply what you need in a minute from now or a second from now. He's going to supply every moment what you need. And there's a few scriptures I want to close with just for you to ponder as we continue to sit with Jesus and surrender control of our lives to him. Philippians 4, 6-7 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden or burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. You will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Psalm 55, 22 Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. 
He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Psalm 23 Even though I walk through the valley of darkness and the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. And two more. Um, this, this one is a powerful one, simple. Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know I'm God. That's what prayer is. Be still and let me be God, please. Give me a, give me a few moments of your day to be God for you, please. Um, and then Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. So as we sit before the Lord in some silent prayer, let's one, repent for joining the crowd and following the, the false shepherd, the father of lies, that says you have to worry. And let's then turn back to Jesus, who is the good shepherd, who leads us into the Father's arms. And let's then communicate that peace he gives us at this moment to our family members and friends. And introduce them into the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Deliver me Courage to guide me Deliver me Your strength inside me
Pull me through.